We are not affiliated with, nor do we represent Alcoholics Anonymous. We are simply here sharing our experiences, strength, and hope so that hopefully we can help someone through another day. Hello, hello. Welcome, everybody. I'm Lynn. I'm Vicki. And I'm Bree. And here we are for episode 18. Holy cow. We are... Telling on ourselves. Telling, telling, telling on ourselves. Telling, telling, telling on ourselves. Telling on ourselves. Telling on ourselves. Telling, 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 telling. Yay. Yay. Welcome, everybody. So we've got new toys to play with today. So Vicki and I are figuring out our logistics because we're a pair on a microphone. I feel like I'm a duo on stage. I know. Like, we're like backup singers. And Bree's our lead. Shua, shua, Well, we're very excited to be here today. We've got a couple of fun things to talk about. Um, Our topic today is going to be self-pity, and we have a self-sparkle board to talk about. But before that, we've got First Thought Wrong. First Thought Wrong. And I am the lucky winner. So, First Thought Wrong. It's, you know, it's always a tough thing for us to uh, come to a decision. We kind of brainstorm ahead of time and see who has something to talk about. And I'm like, I think I do, but I don't know. It's still kind of tender and painful. It was last week, Vicki said, you know, it was a rough week and she had, I had a lot of um, uncomfortableness to work through. And that's definitely what happened with me this week. And, you know, it's an ongoing thing. We have relationships in our lives and, Some of the relationships are there for a very particular um, purpose. Some relationships last longer. Some are there for just a minute and then they're gone. I have a friendship that um, is truly one of the most important relationships in my life. And we've been friends for a very, very long time. And, you know, just like with anything, life has cycles and it has seasons. And people in any relationship are not always at the same point and it can be kind of painful sometimes when you're the the person that feels like you're being left behind Mm. and I certainly have felt like I've been trying to find my place and my space in this person's life um it's been going on I've been struggling with this for well over a year almost a year and a half and what has happened to me is that I go through phases of resentment hurt self-pity and then acceptance, and, it, it, and it's like a cycle, but I keep going back. So my first thought wrong is really my first instinct when something happened um, to me that I felt like I was being left out of. My first thought wrong was self-pity. It's like, why am I not important enough? Why am I not a priority? And I don't need to go into the specifics of it because I think that all of us have suffered with this um, in any kind of human relationship. You're not always going to be on equal footing. And that's certainly how I felt recently. And I also felt like I wasn't being made a priority. And it hurt. I mean, my feelings were hurt. Um, I was real sensitive about it. And I felt myself kind of being that, you know, that little kid in grade school that's the last one standing when teams are picked. That's what I was feeling like. Um, and I was stuck in there and I couldn't get out of it. I had a couple of really great conversations with people who can be honest with me. One is my sister who God love her. Sometimes it's hard, but we are really good at being honest with each other. And you know, that's taken us a lot of time to get through. And then my sponsor and they kind of said the same thing, but they came from different perspectives. It's like they were on different sides of the street helping to shine a light on what was really happening so that I could get outside of myself and see 
the situation a little more clearly because I was sitting in the situation um, in the middle where all I saw was me and my hurt and my disappointment and my sadness. So when you do have that other person to help you talk through it, like my girls here, um, they can do it in a loving way that, that basically helps you get your head out of your ass. And that's what happened. So when I worked it out and I figured out that it was, surprise, surprise, it's not about me. You know, don't take it personally. This person is doing the best they can with what they have. And I need to be in acceptance of that, Vicki. Acceptance. Tell me, is it real? Acceptance is real <laughs> when you get there. When I get there. And that's, you know, I had heard the words and I had heard the words and heard the words and heard the words and I wasn't getting it. And finally it just clicked. And then it's funny because I talked to my sister about it on Tuesday, talked to her yesterday, and we kind of talked through it. And she goes, I didn't think you'd get there that fast. <laughs> and I'm like, as soon as I took that part away about it's not about me, then, then I started seeing all the behaviors that I was contributing, what, I, what part of the problem I was, and then I could let it go. So my neon sign, once again, it's the recurring theme of my life is let it go and acceptance. Let that shit go. So that was my first thought wrong. <laughs> I'm just proud of you. I carry that shit around yeah. sometimes. Like, good for you. Yeah, it, it was. And right now, talking about it, I have sweaty palms. I mean, it was it was hard, and you know, especially when it's someone that you love so dearly, and you don't know where you fit into their life or how they fit into your life, and you're so afraid you're going to lose them. I mean, that's scary. And so, what you find out you do is unhealthy things to hold on to it, no matter what. Yeah, that codependency kicks in. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So that was the first thought wrong. And now we're going to move on to the soul sparkle. Soul sparkle board. So we were supposed to come up with another thing to put on our board this week. Should I say mine first? Please. Okay. So... I always have this very curious nature to myself and there's all these things that I want to learn how to do, but I don't because I don't provide myself the structures or the tools in order to learn these skills. So by putting this on my soul sparkle board, I am really hoping that you ladies, as well as everyone who follows us, our tribe is going to help keep me accountable. So some of the things I have on my Soul Sparkle board are to take classes, to take classes and learn new skills. Still learning alcoholics. Still learning. Well, and you were telling me Vicky just got photos done from um, one of her friends for her business, and they turned out so great, and I've always wanted to learn how to just take pictures. And I, we talked about it last week, I think, the sunsets off my balcony, and I was like, I just want to take pictures of them, but your iPhone doesn't always do it justice, and I'm sure there's better ways that I could be taking the picture, and it'd be cool if I could travel and take pictures. So, you know, photography's always been a thing that I've been interested in, making websites, music production. It's like, I could just, like, there's so many things that I did dream about, but I have not pulled the trigger on yet. So instead of it just being one of these things that I'm going to do later, I just want to start. I just want to start. So I put it on my board classes. And that's all you have to do. And it's about being accountable. Just take and, a beginner's and you class. said it so well when we were talking about it before the show, just about 
when we try to do it on our own and we we lose our fizzle real easy. But when oh, we yeah. are accountable and going to a class and getting in that frame of mind and knowing we paid for it, sometimes just paying for it, yes. especially for you probably. You have more to lose, yeah. especially for me. <laughs> You're so right. Well, for anyone who hasn't caught on yet, I am like the penny pinching mama. So smart. Yeah, I like to save money. Smart and responsible. Yeah, spending money causes me anxiety. So yeah, I have more to lose when I actually put the money out there and pay for it. It's like... Or you have more to gain. More to gain. Oh, (laughs) this is like our optimism show. Compounding interest. (laughs) (laughs) Glass half empty or glass half full. You know what I was thinking too when you were talking, Brie, is that by doing this, you know, taking that next step of taking a class, that's action. And that's the cool thing that I'm finding with the Soul Sparkle board is that it is it is compelling me to act. Well, just really quick, what you're talking about, Lynn, with action, mm-hmm. and we had a discussion about this before, is when you want to do something and then you continually don't do it and don't hold yourself accountable and you you start to build distrust with yourself that you're actually ever going to do anything. And so I'm there right now. I'm like scared about it because now I put it out there and I wrote it down and I told you guys. So now it's like, oh, shit. Yeah, I mean, it is a journey to be accountable if we want to stay sober and if we want to be well and if we want to grow. And it's all about that accountability. And that's why sponsors work. Yeah, and I, I guess it just wasn't built with that, like, go get it, go do it on my own itness. You know how some people have that? I feel like you're really like that, Lynn. Like, you, you put your mind to something you want to do, and you just get it done. I have moments. There's a lot. You should see the list of things I didn't do. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, this is telling on ourselves, so no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. You don't have to share. But that's what's on my board this week. In addition to travel, just as a reminder, last week my big one was travel. Yes. So... Well, mine this week is a little more tangible because mine was a little heady last week with self-confidence, sustained self-confidence. But this week, um, I've been wanting to chalk paint my cabinets and my curio cabinet and my kitchen table and chairs. And Lynn is very knowledgeable in this and she's helped me and... I'm a little scared of it because I tried doing, I tried, I tried painting. I tried tried to do. I tried doing it. No, I did do it. I, I, I got a, a garbage pick, this really cool, um, table that you would put in your hallway or something. And I decided I was going to put a mandala on the top of it, but then I decided, okay, I'm going to practice this chalk painting thing on here. And so I brought it outside on the deck and I tried to chalk paint, and I had it all nice and, and perfectly set up, and I spilled the paint. I spilled it everywhere. I mean, it's still out there, actually. And there's, like, this little area on my patio because it floods that's muddy, so it's like I could just scoop it up, and I'm going to, but I'm glad it's still there so I could share the picture with you guys. But it spilled everywhere, and I was with, my son was here, and he was playing video games, and I, like, screamed at him. I'm like, Jackson, get down here. I need your help. There was paint everywhere. It was on the top of the table <laughs> that I, like, put the paint on. I, it was a disaster. And my nickname is Spilios. So, you know, it, it wasn't a shock that this happened. But so I'm afraid to do my fancy kitchen stuff because, like, if I do that and I screw it up, it's my kitchen, you know? Like, ooh. 
the the cool thing about chalk paint though is that there really are no mistakes. You could it's very forgiving. So I think it's gonna be fun. What is chalk paint? I have no idea what chalk paint is. Chalk paint is this really cool uh, paint that you can paint directly on any surface. You don't have to sand it first. You don't have to treat the surface. So you could put it on a varnished piece of furniture. You could put it on an already painted piece of furniture and it adheres. Like a cheapy target kind of thing you can put it on even? Oh. Anything. I've even done it on laminate. I always think of chalk paint as like the paint you paint on the wall and then you can write chalkboard on it. Chalkboard paint. Oh, I've been told. Lynn is a, is the knowledgeable one in the group, just saying. DIY Lynn. Well, she knows so much random stuff that I can't even <laughs> handle her. I went through a phase, it's when I still lived in Kentucky, and it's actually, when I got really hardcore about it, is when I lost my first job due, due to my disease, and I was home for a couple of months, and I had So this, you were drinking <laughs> while you were doing it? No. Oh, no, I was trying to be sober. So um, I had this ugly piece of, I call it a curb find. What do you call it, garbage pick? Yeah. I call it curb find. It was a dresser that was ugly as hell. And I'm like, my God, I'm going to do this. And I figured out how to do it by making my own chalk paint because if you buy it already made, it's cost prohibitive. So that's the chalk paint. And she makes her own chalk paint. <laughs> okay, I got a new... That, though, I'm so proud of myself. She gave me the... Well, I, the she gave me the recipe and I made the chalk paint. And it really... Oh, does. Cool. Well, that's awesome. Okay, I got a new name for Lynn. Lynn, you're the Lyncyclopedia. Oh, yeah, baby. Lyncyclopedia. Okay, so when I lived in Alaska, you know, I worked with all these 20 something kids, and they used to call, what did they call me? Wiki Lynn. Because. <laughs> Or Google, because I, I just remember a lot of random knowledge. I always tell people, I'm your ringer on a trivia team. Yeah. So I just remember random facts, and it takes up my brain, so then I can't remember important things. You're like my brother. My brother is exactly the same way. He knows the details of so many random things. You guys would kill it in, like, a trivia game. We need to start making some money. Mm-hmm. Okay, so moving on, Soul Sparkle Board. So mine is, um, it's a little bit involved to get to the explanation, but bear with me, please. So I went to Alaska a couple of weeks ago on vacation, and I've had this thing that I felt like was unfinished business there because of leaving, thinking I was coming back, and then I didn't. And then I read a book right before I went, The Great Alone. By the way, if you have not read that book, it is so beautifully written. And it's about this woman that grows up in um, the Kenai Peninsula, which is where I was visiting. I think I downloaded it on Hoopla. It is so The good. Great Alone, yeah. Kristen Hanna. Yeah. I did. It's so good. What's Hoopla? It's an app which connects to your library. Oh, I like use your library usually has like a digital media app, yeah. and that's the one I the use library Lily that does the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so I read this book, and then I was like, I think I'm what one of my purposes for going was to figure out my place with that with that state because it's it is a part of my heart, it's a part mm-hmm. of my spirit, my soul, and I thought maybe it's something where I can work out where I work there part of the year, live there part of the year, and live here in Illinois part of the year, and I kind of went there thinking that I was going to do some investigating, exploring. So back burner, side note, um, we had already talked about a group of us going next year in September because I want to show all my girls this place that I talk about all the time, and I want them to understand you know why it's so important to me. So uh, the lady that I was visiting, my first sponsor, Lorraine, 
the interview you guys heard, she has a um, rental property on her property that she does Airbnb with. So that we'd already kind of figured out we could sleep eight people there. So it's like it was going to be like this mini trip retreat. So while I was talking to Lorraine about it in Alaska, we were talking about all the cool things that we have here accessible to us like retreats and Soberfest. And they don't really have that in Alaska because of geography. Everything is just so spread out. It's hard to do that. Um, and she told me because of her circumstances, you know, if you listen before you heard, she doesn't have access to as many meetings. She's never been to a women's retreat. And I was telling her about ours and she was just like, oh my God, that sounds so amazing. And the, and the light bulb went off. So I think, and this is going to be a, a bigger, maybe even a five-year plan, but for this year on my self-sparkle board, it is investigating what I can do to maybe set up a yearly retreat in a, a place in Alaska and maybe change locations. And I know some GSRs there so I can work with the boroughs to um, start putting that in place. So that's it. That's awesome. Yeah. Woo, that was a lot. <laughs> That was great, though. And so for our Soul Sparkle Board Challenge with you guys, I, I am going to be posting pictures of my Soul Sparkle um, stuff, stuff that I want on my board. And I'm going to post a picture of, like, me at my most self-confident. And then um, these examples of these paintings that I want to do in my home. And then we're encouraging you to put pictures, and I find mine from Pinterest, but you can find them anywhere. I'm sure you guys all know how to do that. And especially if you're listening to a podcast, I'm sure you know. So um, so we encourage you to do that. And then um, every week we'll share those. And was there something I missed about that? Is that what we want? No, we're just gonna share. Yeah. Perfect. And so Yeah, we're really hoping that you guys can engage with us and share what you've got, so. Yeah, and the accountability will help. It helps all of us as we are learning. We, you know what? I learn daily. If I have a little bit of accountability, it really gets my button gear in. Yeah. So, okay. So we're going to start on self pity today. Our topic. And when I lived in Kentucky, there was a group of friends that I hung out with. I've been friends with them since college. And there's there's always that one person in a group. And this guy, he would come in and everybody'd be like, because he would always have that sad that sad story. Eeyore. <laughs> it was totally Eeyore. Um, so I'm going to do the definition for self pity. And boy, when I started looking online, there's all kinds of information. It's a very popular topic. Um, self pity, according to uh, Meridian, is. That's just what I'm calling it now. <laughs> Excessive, self-absorbed unhappiness over one's own troubles. I, for one, can say that I've never felt self-pity in my life. You're full of shit. You are so full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm a professional self-pityist. <laughs> right. Like, I've logged at least 10,000 hours of self-pity. That makes me an expert. Oh boy, Lynn was reading this this article before we started, and I had to make her stop because it was so depressing. Like, um, and Bree was like, "Well, you've already gotten over it," and um, it's so funny because those that was you know self pity was a place that I, I I frequented. In fact, I lived there. I frequented other places um, before sobriety, and. But we don't lose these behavior patterns when we get sober. Uh, we learn to 
not do them as much, but they're still there. And and I think that hearing that, I think maybe they just it just triggered me to be like, whoa, that is just an ugly place that I do not want to go back to. Well, and there's a reason for the expression pity pot, right? So you can sit on it, but don't sit on it long. And Lynn, your first thought wrong was almost like a little bit of self-pity. No, it totally was because I was, I was, why, why don't they pay attention to me? Why am I not good enough? Yeah. And you want other people to pull you out of that. You wanted them to come to your rescue to make you feel better. Mm -hmm. I think that's the important part about self-pity too, is that we're in it and we're always looking for outside forces to pull us out of it. It's not something that while we're in it, or if you're not spiritually, I I don't even know if you haven't done work on self-pity before, then your MO for self-pity is you want other people to feel bad for you and pull you out of it. Right. Well, when we were talking about when I was reading them, the traits, one of them was uh, creating drama, because I think that also helps deflect. It's like whatever's going on with you, you can deflect it and create this drama to go around. And the other interesting thing I read is that we use self-pity as a self-soothing mechanism. Mm. And it's true because, you know, when, when you feel like the world's being unfair to you and you're getting more bad things happen than you think you deserve or that you see other people, what your perception of what other people get, um, it does kind of, it, it, it kind of soothes that hurt. But they said you can use that self-soothing mechanism to to heal a little bit and then move on to acceptance and get out of that toxic habit. Or you can stay in that, stay in that little cesspool. Right, and they talked about self-sabotage. And I mean, yeah. Sabotage. It's, oh, yeah. Beastie. Um, <laughs> sorry, Vicky. I lost my train of thought. I know, sorry. All I know is when I would... When get in self pity and you stay there so long that you're bound to have shit happen in your life. Like it doesn't go away. It just keeps keeps recycling itself and this circle. And and the more that I would focus on how much something was wrong or people didn't like me or whatever it was, the like I didn't get invited or this or that. The more I focus on that, the less people wanted to be around me because. That's no fun to be around someone who is in self-pity, and it's very obvious when someone is. Oh, and it's such a turnoff. Even if you're supposed to like love that person and be their friend when they're in self-pity, sometimes you're just, you don't want to answer the phone. You see them calling and I'm sure. Is that what you do with me? No, 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 <laughs> no. But it, it is. And since this is telling on ourselves and, you know, we talk about sobriety, I think a lot of times, I mean, there people come in with just so much self-pity and they have a lot of consequences or a lot of mess in their life that they've created and they're not, they haven't worked any steps yet. So they are definitely not at the point of seeing like how they were responsible for it. And the fact that they work themselves out of their own self-pity, they're so in victim mode and victims don't recover. And so that's why I think it's so hard is because we need, we've been there and we have to help and coach other people through it. But sometimes it's, it's their pattern. It's all they know. So for the first couple months of their sobriety, that's like every time the phone rings, you're like listening to the, 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 the pity party. And you've got the little, the world's littlest violin playing for them and the wambulance is coming anyways, (laughs) the wambulance. Well, that's what, that's what people always used to tell me. Oh, well, get the wambulance right over to you when I was woe is me woe is me honestly not until sobriety and actually working the steps because the first time I got sober it was court sanctioned I was 21 and I was so in pity party mode I was like 
I, you know, I'm young. I'm not an alcoholic. I can't believe all this is happening to me. I'm never going to find a job with a DUI on my record. It was poor me, poor me, poor me. And I can only imagine uh, like how people must've felt when I'd come to meetings because I wasn't working steps. I never found a sponsor. It was just a shit show. show. Yeah. (laughs) Straight up. Um, it's Tony Robbins. I found a quote that he said, and all self pity is rooted in people taking themselves too seriously. And that is so true. And I, I, we have, a. thing in the program called rule 62 and it's all about not taking yourself too seriously and when I first heard that there in fact there's a meeting that is a lunchtime meeting in this area and it's called the rule 62 meeting and it's all about just not taking ourselves too seriously because guess what when we do it becomes all about us and when it becomes all about us we go right into that cycle of self-loathing self-pity or self-absorption which could be on the other side of you know the map in terms of egotism and everybody should be doing this for me or blah blah blue blah blah blue and self-pity does become addictive because even though it's not um a healthy trait to have it's something that we know. And, you know, addiction, we use that to heal pain or to numb pain or to forget about pain. So if you're always in self-pity, you're, you're taking away that sting of whatever pain that you're in. And then you get addicted to that. And you get addicted to people, you know, wanting people to fix things for you and to be there for you and listen to your sorrows. And it makes me think of, like, you know how you're in a breakup. I don't know if anyone else has done this, but I just was. And I had like a Spotify station that I saved that was like all breakup songs, sad songs. And when you're in that place, that actually makes me feel better listening to those sad songs. But if I stayed listening to those sad songs, Mm -hmm. I would be in big trouble because it's just like you could go in that vicious circle. I think self-pity is such a vicious circle when we allow it to, for me, I can allow it to consume me so easily. Oh, absolutely. And thinking about, uh, Brie, you said earlier about being a victim and a victim is stuck is because once you have that label of a victim you're always going to be a victim and it's really interesting the psychology behind that is that we see ourselves as getting things that are undeserved unwarranted and not our fault and how do you fix that well you fix something when it's not your fault and it's more than you deserve right like and we don't have control over it right Mm -hmm. i don't know how do we fix it i mean I wouldn't have been able... Well, that's why I... Well, I kind of got quiet. And did you see the look on my face when you said the Tony Robbins quote? Because, like, that's great. But when you don't have a program or you're not a self-improvement-minded type of person, it's not as easy as, oh, you're just... You take yourself too seriously. It's it's the whole mentality of all of this stuff is happening to me. I have no control over it. Mm -hmm. And I am really sad and upset about it. And I don't have tools to get myself out of there. That's why I just... I kind of cringed a little bit because I feel like he's just like making it sound like it's a weak-minded person's thing is to have self-pity. And I don't think just weak people have self-pity. 
self-pity. I think, I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know. No, I agree with that. And that, that quote, I liked it because it was a nice little sound bite for us to think, oh, yeah, taking yourself too seriously. It's sure, true. It's, it's very much more deep reading. And I'm sure that was taking, taking that out of context by just reading that. I almost felt a little bit of self-pity when you read that Tony Robbins quote. I feel a little bad for myself. Like, that doesn't make me feel about, better about my self-pity. But it's a fact that when you're in self-pity, you know, I mean, at least me, I know I did that. And I remember my parents or everyone, okay, Sandra Bernhard, you're so dramatic, you know, like it was always what I was called. But I did a reading, I do these readings on YouTube and it's so goofy, but it's, it helps me very much. Um, But I did a reading on this the other day and it, um, And it says, pity is the deadliest feeling that can be offered to a woman. Um, And and it says, pity from others fosters inaction and passivity invites death of the soul. Instead, our will to live is quickened through others' encouragement. All else dampens the will. Pity feeds the self-pity that rings the death knell. We can give strokes wherever we are today and know that we are helping someone live. And each time we reach out to encourage another, we are breathing new life into ourselves. New life that holds at bay the self-pity that may appear at any moment. We can serve one another best, never by commiserating with sadness, but by celebrating life's challenges. They offer the opportunities necessary to our continued growth. Wowzers. That's great. It is. And I have a but. Here's my caveat. So, and I'm taking it back to relating to last week when I was really struggling. Um, the old Lynn, the untreated alcoholic Lynn that didn't know how, didn't have any tools, had very few tools, and didn't know how to listen without taking it personally. If I had talked to my sister and talked to my sponsor as a friend then and told, given them that scenario and then listened to their feedback, I couldn't have heard it because I wasn't ready yet, because I was still very much, I had too many defenses. And it wasn't even that I was unwilling to hear it. I would have taken it personally. I would have taken their advice and their input personally, and I would have been de- put the walls up and been defensive and think, well, they're attacking me too. It's like I'm getting it from all corners. Now, because I have tools to, to take a breath and listen and hear it before I react, that has changed my life so much. And that is a direct result of the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. I mean, we... Oh, I'm not supposed to say that. We'll delete that. Um, We learn that we need to listen. Like in the beginning, they always say, I'm going to take the cotton out of my ears and put it in my mouth and listen. Because we learn so much by people that share these things and that people that have gone through it. And and it's not easy and it's a new thing to learn. And like you said, Bree, like when you described it, when you first come in, it is, you don't even... You don't even know there's another way. Like when I came in, I didn't, I, I really thought that I was supposed to be the way I was. Like I didn't think there was such a thing as happiness. Like I thought, Vicki, I'm just one of those people that's going to be kind of like this. Like kind of always, always in this like, mm, there's always going to be drama. There's always going to be people that aren't, you know, blowing me off. Like I just, I perpetuated that, but I didn't know there was another way until I went through working on this stuff and and that's the gift of the program yeah. Well, and when you say that we come in and we're supposed to take the cotton out of our ears and put it in our mouth, um, 
it also reminds me that people did not co-sign my bullshit because they told me stuff like that, like shut up and listen, because they don't want to hear. We've all had, you know, we only let the self-pity go on for a little bit. And if you have really good people in your life, they'll tell you kind of what the reading was saying is instead of pitying you and propagating or, you know, whatever, commiserating with you they'll tell you, they'll encourage you to take some sort of action to get out of it, or they'll inspire you, plant a seed in you to help you grow out of that self-pity and take responsibility for your actions, which is what I loved about that reading. Funny thing, I heard that earlier in the week, somebody was saying, instead of pitying people, encourage them. And that's, I don't know, what re- what reading was that from? Maybe it was from last week. I don't know. I, I did it. Did you watch my YouTube thing? Maybe that's what it was. Maybe that's what it was. But, um... So I had just heard that earlier in the week. So while Brie was talking, I just had a thought, too, about that. Um, when, when you're sitting in your misery, it's really hard to move. It's hard to take action. And sometimes if you can be quiet and listen, that, that's what helps to propel you, to get, get you moving. Because the whole point of of being better self-actualized, learning to evolve, to grow, to learn lessons, is that you do have to be quiet and you have to listen. And if you if you can be honest with yourself and love yourself and be kind to yourself and say, this really sucks, and no, it probably wasn't fair, but it is what it is. Now, what are we going to do about it? It is what it is. That's true. And I hear many a sad stories from people, and you listen you don't co-sign their bullshit and it's hard to tell people, okay, now wh- what's your side, right? <laughs> Excuse me, the frog visited. Um, or, and, and, or, you tell them you love them and that they're okay. This is normal. And then what can you do about it? It just reminds me of the fourth step and how I realized that like some of the things that I was resentful of from people were were rightly so. They were shitty things that happened to me. But my part was, was holding on to them and letting them control my life. Yes. Years and years and years and years. I remember um, this lady I worked with years ago, this older sweet lady, she used to always tell me, you know, when you're angry, you're the only one that knows about that. They, the person that you're angry at, they don't know. And so who is that hurting? Who is that eating up? And, it, you know, it's just, it's so destructive. And it's like that little, that little dark part in you that keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger because it's hungry. And Ooh. yeah, it's, um, so to get out of that, you have to, um, accept your part in it. Right, Vicki? And then, um, to move on, listen and, and, and not just listen, but take some kind of action. And sometimes it's just moving your body. <laughs> you know, in the beginning of recovery, I remember my sponsor had me clean out my drawers. I'm sure I've talked about this on here. Like, my drawers in my my bedroom, not my drawers on my, myself. Um, she would have... <laughs> That's gross. Um, <laughs> she changed those too, by the way. <laughs> but, but. Um, <laughs> but, but. Oh, I'm cracking myself up. Um, I... I the thing is, is clean out a drawer or do some jewelry or go on a walk. I mean, and Tony Robbins actually says this. He says you have to physically move your body to get out of these places because, I mean, think about it. When you're in self-pity, it's like Eeyore. We were talking about it earlier. How are you doing, guys? 
Oh, what a sucky day. It's very cloudy. It is. Um, and you know when you have those bad days, I, I read this all the time now, and it probably I've always read it, just didn't pay attention. When you have a bad day, you didn't have a bad day. You had a bad minute, five minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minutes. Are you gonna let that define the rest of your day? It's, and it's your choice. That's the beauty of all of this is that when you're in that, that ugly circle that Vicki was talking about, you can choose to, to stop it, to stop the circle and go, um, what I'm doing isn't where obviously it's not working. And I, I think about like our rock bottoms when we finally were um, honest with ourselves and we said, the life that I have is awful. I don't know what the alternative is, but it can't be any worse. And that's, that's kind of the same thing you're doing with self-pity. It's like, this is not working. This is broken. So even if I do something different and it's not the right way, it can't be much worse. Well, and I think you hit the nail on the head when you said nobody else knows that you're miserable except for you. And I mean, you can be outwardly try to like show that you're miserable and um, try to gain sympathy from other people. But at the end of the day, they're not losing sleep over the fact that you're ruminating in all of the hurt that they're causing you most likely. And so the best I don't want to say revenge, but you know, the way to get out of the self-pity is that choice to just move forward and it's going to be okay. And the, the best way to, you know, if you do, I guess if, if you feel that somebody did something to you to hurt you and that's what you're feeling self-pity about the best revenge is to just get up and keep moving on with your life too and make it the best day. Yeah. Make it the best day ever. I was actually looking up something when she said that, and if um, somebody else can talk for a second. Oh, here it is. So one of my favorite REM songs is The Best Revenge is Living Well. Yeah. And when you said that, I'm like, oh, my God, I hadn't thought about that song in forever. And if you don't know it, please look it up. Even if you don't like R.E.M., this is a really fun little ditty. What, I, I love R.E.M., and I don't – what's the name? Is that the name of the song? The Best Revenge is Living Well. I have to – I'm sure I know it because yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was an R.E.M. junkie. And yeah. College. Oh, college. Oh, college. So, um, I feel like I feel like we had a little bit of closure with the um, self pity thing. <laughs> you guys, Bree's giving me like the craziest look right now, and I know she's in her head. I know what she's doing. Man, I've just from the outside, it's like there. It was like a blank. Palette. I I'm in my head because I had so much self pity in in middle school yeah. and I drank about it all through college, and it's kind of that rite of passage um, adolescence, prepubescence, pubescence, angsty teen. Yeah, I was, I was listening to some crime drama the other day and they were talking. I mean, some teens, these twins, did this horrible thing. They murdered their mother, but they were talking about when you're in that adolescence where you're starting to think like an adult, feel like an adult, but you don't have the freedoms of an adult yet because you're not fully formed obviously um that that angst can be so overwhelming and it the self-pity thing without any tools and you know you think about that how how in the world do any of us survive that because we didn't have any tools to get out of it well and I'm trying to think if, if there's something somebody could have said to me to get me out of it then or if it just had to be the way it was and I didn't learn about getting myself out of self-pity till I was 25 and that's just what it is mm-hmm. well and I think it's all part of the journey and like you know not to get too too deep on this but I think part of why we're here or, or what we're discovering is you know that pain brings us to this place of flow right it took me 
I mean, 46 years to finally be in a place where I really feel like I'm being true to myself. And it was through all those moments of pain. And then the beauty is, and it doesn't feel beautiful, but the beauty is when you pull yourself out and, and you and you discover something new about yourself or you discover this new skill, kind of what you were talking about at the beginning, learning something new. And it's like you not just pulling yourself up by the bootstraps, but really just like discovering that you don't have to stay in that and that you are good no matter what you do or no matter what anyone else says about you. You are good. You are just good inside you have a light that shines inside you and when we are in self-pity we are covering that light up with a bunch of yucky muck muck and when we can get through that that beautiful light can shine and come out of you and and the world can see it but it, it doesn't feel like it when you're in that it's the lotus the lotus grows out of the mud and becomes a beautiful flower we are all lotus is it lotuses a lotus eye. I don't know. You're Vicky <laughs> Lynn. I don't know. <laughs> Guys, I'm going to have to do a little reference check, and I will get back to you on that. Check, check, check. <laughs> All right. I think we're ready to wind it up with yeah. some golden nuggets. Wind it up. Wind it up. I've got a golden nugget, and it comes from Bree. Instead of pity, encourage. And it was what Vicky said in the reading, too. But instead of pitying someone and commiserating, encourage them. And, you know, I've never thought of, of – I think what immediately when she said that, what I think of is when someone's grieving, like when they've lost a, a loved one, there's nothing you can say anyway, and you do commiserate. That, that, and that was the one time that I think – not commiserate. You just sit with them. I think you sit and be gentle. But – um, when you see somebody that's just feeling a victim and feeling like life is unfair, you agree, and then you give them something to help them with their action. And I love, I love that. Yeah. And my golden nugget, um, I guess, Vicki, what you were just saying about knowing that we're going to be okay and that it's good and that the self-pity is usually coming from something hard that happened to us that was out of our control and then is just an opportunity to grow. I guess like we have to have those things in order to grow. So self-pity is actually like a catalyst for change too and growth. But just really quick, I know we're doing golden nuggets, but I do have to say, Vicki, sometimes you would say, you know, I'm just feeling bad for myself today. And she wasn't like, you weren't sitting in it and it didn't, you just had to voice it to get it out there. And you didn't, you're around us after that, but you would, were just honest with where you're at. So like self-pity is also not a bad thing is also kind of my golden nugget. It's not the worst thing in the world. You can name it and then move on from it. And usually when you do name it, it loses its power well and it allows your friends to be there for you mm -hmm. and to then encourage yeah i am certainly not that self-evolved yet i i feel it um it is a shameful thing when i'm when i'm having a bad day and i'm indulging yes I see it as an indulgence and i feel shame about me it. too i try to cover it up and then what do i do i act out in inappropriate ways I either snap at somebody or i'm overly aggressive about something completely <laughs> related not you lynn <laughs> And what you just said, Brie, and I need to think about that and try to use that tool um, better. Well, telling on ourselves, that's what it is. It's mm -hmm. telling on ourselves. And I learned that early on. Oh, my gosh, my sponsor, she just, like, buried that into my head. She's like, go to the tables and tell on yourself. Tell people, you know, and, and I would get the best advice. I would get the best feedback on how, you know, someone had always been through it. 
Mm-hmm. Someone always had some, you know, I was talking about this and I don't know if it was at a meeting or where I was talking about it. And if I was talking about it on the podcast, I apologize for repeating myself. But it's like um, when you come into recovery, right, you feel like, I don't know, the girls will understand this mostly. But, you know, has your jewelry ever gotten all tangled up? like totally tangled up and you're like love this necklace and you love that charm and and you're like I just want to cut it because it's not you know you can't get it apart but she's like this woman told me and I remember where I was sitting I can picture it and she said recovery is like untangling all that jewelry that is clumped together and you can do it but it takes a long time I've never heard you say that before and I love it I have goosebumps that was good yeah, I'm totally using that. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks again. We are finishing up episode 18. And once again, I am, I said that three times in a row. I am so grateful to be here, to have this. Um, glad that you guys maybe get something out of it. We certainly appreciate it. And it's been so helpful for me. Yes, I love I love all y'all, and and here's the coolest thing. Thank you all so much because we hit two thousand and fifty three <gasps> downloads. I can't even believe it. It's so what? crazy, and um, it's because you're following us at Apple Podcasts and you're subscribing and you're rating and you're reviewing. And thanks for your reviews. And if you haven't, please do it because it tr- tremendously helps us and um, getting this out to people that need it, whether they're in recovery or not in recovery, because this stuff, this stuff hinders us all. So um, lots of love to all y'all. And don't forget to check out our Instagram page this week as we will be sharing pictures and fun things for our soul sparkle board. And we want to know what's on your soul sparkle board. So don't be shy about it. Give a shout out. Yeah, give a shout out. Don't be, you know, if it's something personal, you know, don't be embarrassed about it. You know, we're all growing and sharing and this will help us all stay accountable. So tribe out. Tribe out. Tribe out. Thanks for listening to another episode of Telling on Ourselves. Please rate, review, share, subscribe, download our podcast at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And if you want more Telling on Ourselves, Please find us and follow us and like us on Instagram and Facebook at Telling on Ourselves. Tribe out.